Hello and welcome to the Writing Sparrow podcast. I'm Serena Langer and this podcast is all about writing, publishing and marketing your book. Let's get started. Good morning and welcome back friends and sparrows. This is episode 74. Yep, that's right. It's the 1st of August 2022. And today I am talking to Adrian RC about how to narrate audiobooks. Very excited about that. Welcome to my show. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So Adrienne is one of my two current narrators. She's doing the Bloodwist trilogy. Yes. I hope. So yes, re- yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to have this chat and hear more about how this works. Yes, absolutely. I'm super excited. I can't wait to um, share with everybody, you know, how to get started because I'm still very new to this. So it's been really exciting to learn. Um, and thank you so much for being so patient with me while I'm on this learning <laughs> journey. No, it's not a problem at all, because I have been listening to some of the first chapters and they all sound lovely. I've just listened, just before this, I listened to chapter five, which is the first one where Azar comes in and she sounds so lovely. I can't wait to hear more. (laughs) It's so sweet. Yes. You know, Greek is really hard to to pull up. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think it sounds quite Greek. I think it sounds like a mixture of Greek and Russian, (laughs) but it's a made up accent, right? So it works. (laughs) It sounds like such a fascinating combination. Yeah, <laughs> no, Russian. It's the R's. Yeah, I I, I read something. Help! Was it when I? Because I I'm learning Greek slowly, mm-hmm. very slowly. Oh, cool. I'm learning Greek, and I think there was a hint in there about how to roll the R in a similar it's... way to Spanish. It's something like to have the top of your tongue or the end of your tongue just very lightly yeah. tap the top of your. Mouth, the so. roof of your mouth. Yeah, it's like the slightest roll. It's like, yeah. I can't even do it on, on command it's anymore. Like... <laughs> yeah, but when I'm not trying to do it, I do it all the time. <laughs> of course, that's exactly how it goes. Yeah, obviously it's not going to work now. But yeah, when, I, when I'm not trying to do it, it happens yeah. all the time. And then my boyfriend gives me this look like, what are you doing? Where does accent come from? <laughs> what, you don't just do random accents in your home? I do that all the time. <laughs> well, it's part of your job, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's very true. Oh. All right. My microphone is coming undone here. Sorry about that. No worries. So if you're having a general sound warning, just know, listeners, that it's so hot today. <laughs> we, we've actually had a heat warning for my area of the UK. So there is no chance in hell I'm closing my window. Mm-hmm. So if you can hear birds or maybe dogs or anything else making some kind of racket in the background, I'm really sorry, but I'm not closing this window. I'm no. too warm. <laughs> Natural ambiance, I think it adds to it. <laughs> yes. I've actually listened to one podcast a while ago where the um, guy doing it was just sitting outside. I love that. So so there were all the bird sounds and the, you could hear some of the breeze and it was actually really nice. So I can't oh, promise... Nice I can't promise quite that much, but if there's birds in the background, that's why. And I may also, at some point, scream and panic if my cat jumps into the window because she's not oh, supposed gosh. to be in there. Mm-hmm. But, my cat's yeah. the same way. She she dies to go outside, but she wouldn't last two seconds out there. No, no, because you're in Florida, so I can't imagine the kind of heat you have. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's it's gross. It's really yeah. disgusting at this time of year. Oh, but it is. So, shall we get started? Absolutely. We've had one question coming over on my Patreon as well, so I'll be coming to that right at the very end. Perfect. And I will taking um, I'll be taking some notes throughout as well for the extended Patreon edition later on, so I don't forget. So, 
you've mentioned yourself just now that you're still very new to audiobook narration. So how did you get into this? Like, what was the returning point where you thought, this is what I want to do? Yeah, absolutely. So I do have a little bit of a of an acting background uh, when I was a, a child. Um, so I do use that heavily to my advantage. And fortunately, you know, a little bit later on in life, I realized that that's not something that I could have done long term. Um, so you go through the motions of life, right? You get you get some schooling done. <laughs> you get a nine to five. You start doing the the working grind there. But oh yeah, yeah. I really did miss the creative aspect um, of you know basically turning into a different person. I I really love um, to add and create. Uh, these characters and I really really missed that um, and I'm, I'm a vet tech and that's a very physical job <laughs> so God, it was a little common oh my goodness it's really hard wrestling these giant <laughs> dogs all the time <laughs> um, but you know I, I was getting really tired physically um, and I really just missed the creative aspect of it so I'm like hmm well how can I use my acting background to my benefit I'm an avid reader um, so I thought that that really did fit. I did a simple Google search and I found ACX, which, you know, led me to putting out some auditions and getting getting some responses back. So I'm really happy that's worked out really well for me. And I do recommend that for anybody that's starting out. ACX is a great website to start out on. Um, it lets you put out as many auditions as you want. Um, and, you know, you toss the line out there and hope hope you get a bite. That's what happened. Yeah, so that's exactly how I found you as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, basically, I just, you know, well, for those of you who don't know, ACX is basically Amazon's mm-hmm. audiobook branch. So when you're publishing your ebook, you have KDP. And if you want to do your audiobook with them, you have ACX. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. It all runs over Amazon and that. Um, obviously, that's not what you necessarily need to use, but I find right. it very easy and straightforward to use. Yeah. And it's how I found you. So that's worked out really well. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of websites out there that, you know, they make you purchase a membership in order to get your voice out and it might not be the right starting point for everyone. I know that wasn't the right starting point for me. Um, so I'm really thankful it has really worked out well for me. So, And thank you so much for showing interest and <laughs> having me join your, your line there. Oh, no, thank you for joining my, my books. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've listened to the first few chapters, so I know that they are really, really well done. And I've just mentioned this to yourself as well, that now where I'm editing the third book in this trilogy, I've actually started reading it in your voice. Amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. You have no idea. <laughs> so it'll be really exciting to see when you eventually get to do the third one, if if it matches up. Although, to be honest, by that point, God knows what I'll be working on. So. Right. <laughs> Can't wait to see where the story goes. It's a, such an awesome story, by the way. It, it really Thank does you. resonate with me as well. So, it, I mean, I feel like it would resonate a lot with a lot of young women out there. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice thing. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. I don't want to just make this into an advert, like buy my book. We all. Oh no, it, no, <laughs> no. But I thought I, I had to mention because I really do love the story. I'm, I'm currently working on it, so it's like all I live, breathe, and eat right now. That probably helps a lot, though, doesn't it? Because I can't imagine having to do narrate something where you hate the story or just can't get into it. Would that oh, be yeah. much harder? Oh yes, yeah. I mean, it 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 is. You learn a lot. Like if you're doing like an informational book or something, you like learn as you go. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're interested in it. So yeah, it <laughs> makes it really easy to read something if you enjoy it. Um, but you know, you, you win some, you lose some, I guess. 
Yeah. That sounds quite cool as well, though, because I, I love learning yeah. with a passion. So to just kind of do your job, which is audiobook narration, but also learn something about whatever subject the book is about is also quite cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I like that aspect of it, too. It's it's um, it's funny because you have to read a book in its entirety before you start recording, um, just because there's so much. There's There's actually one point in yours that I, I learn a piece of information later on that really would have affected the way that I read something earlier on. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, you have to kind of like read through in the entire book before you start recording. So you kind of, you kind of know what you're talking about <laughs> like while you're narrating it. So yeah, it's really cool in that way. Cause you kind of like know the ending before it happens. It's interesting. I kind I really get that for, um, when I edit, cause I'm an editor as well, mm -hmm. or I was, mostly proofreading now, but um, I'd have it so often that, you know, that I read a book and I'd come across something in the book that I would flag up. And then later on, like many chapters later, I'd go, oh, now it makes perfect sense. I wish mm -hmm. I'd known that. Yeah. But, yeah, I get that. <laughs> so can you, can literally just anyone basically sign on to ACX and create their narrator profile and just put on some auditions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's free? <clears throat> it's free. Um, mm -hmm. You, you, can choose the kind of genre that you'd like to read you can um there's two forms of like how you can accept payments and um the type of way that you like to be paid um one of them would be like um per finished hour so it can take you i don't know weeks to finish a book um but you would be paid at the very end of it all once you have the entirety of the nine hours of the books recorded so you get paid hourly based on that or you can get royalty shares which is great um in the event that you kind of are looking for something a little bit more long term, sometimes the author gets to choose how you know they want to they they want to compensate. Um, but you also, as as um, a narrator, have the option to to narrow it down based on like how you would like to get paid. So I think that that's a really interesting aspect of ACX in particular. Um, there's also voices, voice.com, Fiverr as well. Those are also great websites to join but I, I think Fiverr you have to pay um in okay. order to yeah to put something out there um but it's it's really good to get your voice out because that's one of the main reasons and that's you know what I'm working on currently is getting my voice out there hoping that somebody out there will say hey she sounds great let me <laughs> let me hire her for this work um so I think marketing is especially important getting getting your voice out there on on Instagram I, I feel like is a really great platform um, where a lot of, you know, creators are looking for, for people. So just networking in general is like super, super important as well. Well, maybe someone will listen to this podcast and go, she sounds really sweet. And she oh. does a really great Greek Russian accent. So. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, I mean, my whole podcast is really for writers and authors. So there is a good chance that some of the people listening will also be doing an audiobook at some point, you know? <laughs> I'm available. So this, <laughs> this is your audience. Love it. <laughs> so yeah. for me, from the author um, standpoint, the setup was really similar. So when I, w when I found you, I could mm -hmm. basically narrow down in exactly the same way. You know, I could um, narrow down the kind of voice that I wanted, the kind of genre, that my ideal narrator would be reading in and then I basically had a list of like hundreds of people 
Um, Hundreds, really? Oh my goodness. It was a lot. I definitely didn't listen to all of them. (laughs) Um, Right, uh, okay. So uh, how did you, if if you don't mind my asking, how did you narrow it down? Did you just kind of listen to a random recording and say, that's that's the voice? Well, what I had um, on my screen were basically all these different auditions from all these different people. I had already narrowed it down to someone who wanted to do fantasy, to someone who had maybe quite a soft voice. Um, I find the categories for the actual exact voice a bit awkward on ACX, but maybe that's just me. But Or maybe okay. it's just because I can't really, you know, I mean, every character kind of sounds like me in my head. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why. So, right. And I had it narrowed down to female and, you know, all these things. But there was still quite a lot of just auditions on there. So I basically just started listening to all of them. Oh my God. And if the voice sounded not like you are, like within the first 10 seconds, I'd already be like, this isn't going to fit. Right. I mean, I think there was one voice on there where I thought this would be great for Kay, but Kay isn't the main character. She doesn't do the whole book. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to keep going. And then there were a few other people on there who I also thought sounded quite sweet, like that might fit really well. You were one of them. (laughs) And (laughs) I just listened to some more auditions and eventually I narrowed it down to you. Because I thought that your voice just fit the best for what I had in mind. Oh, that just makes me feel so good. Thank you so much. <laughs> and for me, it wasn't it wasn't important that I would work with someone who already who's already done this for like twenty years or something. I just I okay. wanted to fit the voice. Right. And to be honest, I think with audiobooks that the voice fits and just right for the character is the most important thing. And that's for me as a reader as well. I mean, okay. if I if I want to buy a new audiobook or download one. Um, I I always listen to the sample first and then if the voice isn't right you know Mm -hmm. it could be the greatest book in the world but if it's if the voice doesn't quite click for me then I'm not going to buy the audiobook so your voice was the most important thing that I was looking for and then of course there was the actual audition script as well that you then read and I thought this is the one (laughs) this is my that's that's so interesting that you mentioned that that the voice the way that the voice sounds is really important because I've I've had different feedback as far as like well it doesn't matter if you're the nasaliest voice on the planet if you do a if you do a good performance that's what matters most I think it does have a lot to do with both um as far as you know delivering a believable performance and if you know you have like a 70 year old man reading for (laughs) the main character of an 18 year old girl I don't think that would fit as well so no not quite uh, (laughs) Making your selections on the books that you want to audition for, I guess, is really important as well to kind of fit the best genre that works well with your voice. So I think that's also really important. Yeah, and I think for me, gut feeling probably also went into it. So, I mean, I kind of choose names for my characters along the same lines. You know, I could be looking at lots of names, but when I find the name, I know that it's the one. Right, right. And I agree with that. So when I was listening to your... um, audition from the audition script that I'd uploaded I knew that you yours was the voice that I wanted for you the other ones were good too but you know yeah. <laughs> you just fit what I had I for my that. character a bit better I love that and I, you know what's funny is I think that the first audition that I sent you was in an American accent and you, <laughs> and you wrote back and you asked me to do it in a BE accent and I was so nervous <laughs> by the way that you wrote you know as an American, you spell things differently, right? Yeah. Um, so I knew that by the by the way that you were spelling things, that you were, you know, from from over the pond. 
<laughs> I got really nervous. I'm like, are you sure you want me to do this? Because I don't have the perfect BE accent. And I was a huge relief when you're like, it's fine. You're fine. <laughs> well, on that note, um, you know, about accents. So the all the countries in my books are made up. So, you know, mm-hmm. very, very, very early on, I was basing Midoka on Japan, but that eventually you know, went out the window and it became its own country. So it's, if there is still any resemblance to Japan there, it's very, very, very light. So it's not the same country in any way. So to me, it didn't matter right. if you could do a Japanese accent because it's not the same country. You know, it's right. a different place. It's a thing yeah. I made up. So mm-hmm. it didn't matter to me, um, to me so much that you could nail that accent. And I definitely tried, though. That is a really hard accent to pull off. Oh, I bet it is. Yeah, it's got its own little quirk. Like, uh, quirk is not the right word. It's got its own, obviously, dialect. It's just hard. <laughs> I'm, I was really glad that you weren't pushing for that Japanese <laughs> accent. No, definitely not. And that's why I don't mind if you read the thing more in American yeah. English rather than British English. Because ultimately, right. you know, when you do an audiobook, then obviously the writing is the author's, but then the reading mm-hmm. is the narrator's. It's right. your interpretation or something that I've written. So I think it's really important for the author to not over-obsess over everything. That's and... nice to hear. <laughs> I'm sure not every <laughs> author feels the same way, but if, well, I... uh, if anybody can get as lucky as to get an author like the way that you feel, they'd be they'd be set. Well, look, if you're the author listening, you, I don't think you should obsess over every little thing in there. I mean, there might maybe be a missing word or maybe one word maybe sounds a tiny bit like another word or maybe you know, maybe your narrator pronounces a sentence slightly differently to how you would, but that doesn't mean it mean it's wrong. I mean, every time someone buys your book and reads the thing, they're going to bring their own voice to it. And it's only really your book in so far as that you've obviously written it and published it and, you know, probably driven yourself insane over it for a few years and lost a lot of sleep and nurse over it and, and all that. But yeah, I can't but, imagine, yeah. But, you know, your your reader is going to bring themselves into it as well. And your narrator will bring themselves into it. So they will just read it and make it their own story as much as your story. So don't obsess over it. It's fine. I think the only thing that I would really flag up is if something that you've misread would introduce some kind of ambiguity Mm -hmm. or where it would no longer make sense in the context of the plot. Right. Uh, I think things like that are going to be quite rare. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, as as the narrator, it's really important, on the other hand, to try and get it as close to perfect as you can, um, just because you don't want to introduce any, you know, um, questions on what the story actually means. There's so many ways to read the same sentence, but they can all mean something different. Mm-hmm. Um, that really understanding what you're reading is super important as well because you don't want to get the story that the author has poured so much time and so much effort and so much creativity on and get it wrong. Um, so that's why reading ahead and finishing the book before you start recording is essential to a successful one. Um, so and that's, that's a pro tip right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> pro. <laughs> <laughs> there was something I was going to ask and it's gone now and I didn't oh. write it down. Darn it, I hate when that happens. I normally write things down. I have notes already for later, but that, (laughs) 
obviously I didn't write. So hopefully... Oh gosh, I hate when that happens. If you stop thinking about it, it'll come to you, I promise. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> there you <Okay>. go. <laughs> <laughs> didn't take long. So this is something that I actually really appreciate with um, working with ACX now for the first time compared mm-hmm. to when I worked with Finder Y Voices. Um, previously on the first audiobook of Rise of the Sparrows is that with ACX I can message you directly yeah because on, on Finder Why I didn't have that direct connection to my narrator so if there was anything that I wanted to flag up if it effectively went over Finder Why mm-hmm. which also worked but I also you know we kind of we finished the audiobook and I still felt that I didn't really know who my narrator was as a person mm-hmm. which I know I don't need to but I mean, you know, you're on my podcast now and it's probably a lot easier for you as well if you have a question about how to voice someone as you've already done, you can just quickly email me Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we can sort it right then and there. Or if I have something, I can just quickly send you a message and you can do this on ACX directly as well. But likewise, we swapped email addresses Mm -hmm. so we can also just do it on there or on Instagram. You know, you know that you can message me. I know that I can message you if there is anything. So for me, that's also a really big plus of ACX because I yeah. feel like we can communicate much more clearly. There is that open line of communication, and I do absolutely love that. I feel like I bug you all the time <laughs> on what to, um, you know, what to you do. do. Well, thanks. Um, no, but that's that's also a great great aspect of ACX. I feel like we're plugging ACX. It's not the only only platform, but it's just so it's so user friendly. Well, it's um, the one that we're using for the audiobook that we're currently producing right. together. So if yeah. it comes up a lot, it's entire That's because <laughs> it's, it's what we're using right yeah, now. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's the best platform out of all the ones that I've that I've looked on anyway. So if it saves somebody some time um, <laughs> in starting out, then yeah, just skip all the other ones. Go straight to ACX. It's just and the I, easiest one. I love things that save you time as well. I'm yeah. a big fan of easy fixes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Definitely exactly. big plus. Yeah. And um, and I I mean I as the author would rather that if you're unsure about anything that you message me right away rather than that you record the entire audiobook being unsure about the main accent. Yes. And that right at the end I go, This wasn't right. <laughs> Which I've done. Um Ouch. so don't don't oh. do that. If you have a question, just ask. That must have been painful. Yes, yeah, it was it was gut wrenching because it, it was not one of the main characters. It was a side character, but it was an important side character. Yeah. So it almost made it worse because it was like, because <laughs> now I have to go back and do everything all over again. Um, uh, it wasn't for, for your book. It was for a different one, but um, <laughs> it was it was painful. So definitely ask the question before <laughs> before you do all the work. It saves everyone a lot of time mm-hmm. and hassle. So in that instance, if you don't mind me asking, did you yeah. literally have to start over again? Yes. Or, or can you just do... Okay, so you can't just do the, the lines again for that character. It's really difficult. Um, just because every day your recording booth sounds different. Um, oh. It, yeah, I'm not sure why. Um, and I'm in my recording booth right now at home. Um, I do live in an apartment complex, so getting a really quiet environment is not always the easiest. Um, and it just changes day to day. So if you go back and you try and adjust something that's in the middle of a recording, I use Audacity for... Oh, me too. For oh, the yeah. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I use Audacity to go back and edit. So the way that you, I do it, because I'm not the most tech savvy person on the planet, is I'll go back into that same 
project that I've been working on and it doesn't allow you to record in the middle. It has to, I have to record at the very end, copy, paste it. And then there's that, that continuity issue where it sounds just the slightest bit difference different and it just it bothers me <laughs> so yeah I, I can't put it mean. out there yeah yeah so I it's really say, difficult I really like audacity by the mm-hmm. way so I don't want it to sound not like I don't but mm-hmm. I've had the same hang up with it where I mean it's quite rare that I go back into an episode because for the most part I don't really edit anything so what mm-hmm. we're recording now is pretty much what's going to be on the podcast later right I yeah. it's very rare that I take things out but I think on one occasion I've added that I wanted to add in something else. I forgot what it was. I think we lost part of the recording part way through or something broke. I, I don't remember. But yeah, it's it's really difficult that you can't just go in, just put your marker there, mm-hmm. have a bit of and space, start. and then just start from that point that you have yeah. to do it at the end. It's really annoying. Yeah, yeah. Unless we're both missing something. Different. Right. Because <laughs> I am not tech savvy either. So. Yeah, well, it's a possibility then. <laughs> Anybody out there know? Let us know. <laughs> so I find it really reassuring, though, to hear that you don't need to be very tech savvy to become a narrator and edit your own stuff. That's really, really helpful to hear. Oh, yeah. No, I'm probably the most technologically challenged person that you know. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so, yeah, you really don't have to have a lot of knowledge on, you know, the tech aspect of it. I think the hardest part for me was um, setting up the USB interface. I do use a Mac computer. Um, (laughs) So there's not, you know, Apple has to make everything a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. So it doesn't have your your average USB uh, port. So I had to buy an adapter and um, that's where I have my microphone hooked up. So I think that was the hardest part of learning it. And then um, there's some really interesting YouTube videos where people spell out how to adjust for ACX in specific, because they do have requirements, um, which makes, you know, gives them the assurance that the quality is is good and that you're not putting out um, unusable work. So they do have those requirements. So there's a lot of YouTube videos um, Mm -hmm. that show you how to specifically set up Audacity for oh, yeah. ACX. So that's Big been shout helpful. out there to YouTube because when yeah. I started podcasting, I looked at videos on YouTube on how to use Audacity mm-hmm. and how to do various things on there. So yeah, I mean, the tutorials on YouTube can save you so much time. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I always look for really short ones because I just want to get to the point yeah. really quickly. <laughs> so, Same. Yeah, that's I do a exactly- lot of fast forwarding. <laughs> yeah, especially just for like the beginning stuff where they like just compare holiday notes or whatever and uh-huh. eventually like 20 minutes in we finally get to it and then the actual episode is like five minutes long and that's it yeah so. <laughs> but anyway um don't want to round about that so <laughs> um since we're already talking about equipment anyway what kind of equipment do you need um well you don't need like the most fancy mic on the planet um you know if you spend 50 to 75 dollars on your average mic it should work just fine. Um, personally, I, I got my mic for Christmas, so I think my boyfriend splurged on me a little bit. I do have a Rode NT, um, so it's a nicer mic. I could certainly do ASMR on this thing. Like, it picks up everything. <laughs> um, you need a mic. Um, obviously, you need a USB interface so that you can plug in your mic to your computer. Um, and uh, the quieter the space, the better. So I know a lot of people that start off 
in their closet because their clothes great create this great noise reduction environment. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I couldn't do that. I tried uh, just because my closet wall shares with another apartment and they have uh. a child. <laughs> so <laughs> I could hear his little feet stump in the entire time. So that didn't work for me. Not quite I, what you want. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It ruined plenty of great, <laughs> great cuts. <laughs> um, so that didn't work out for me. I have, I have the luxury of my stepdad. Uh, he is a contractor. Well, close to a contractor he built me this great recording space so i was going to say because your studio there looks so professional (laughs) thank you no he did a fantastic job and i couldn't be more thankful um that i have the luxury of having that available to me so it's just some plywood (laughs) it's it's a box of plywood and um you know these uh they're like egg carton noise foam things and that's really all you need um, but if you don't have you know a recording space it shouldn't stop you from from starting get in your closet <laughs> blankets and and clothes all over the wall and it's a perfect space for you to start recording oh, so if i basically just put i've got a lot of blankets so if i just like put a blanket over my window and another one over the door then that would actually make some good soundproofing The smaller the space, the better. Um, it yeah. creates less echo. Um, so that's why a closet is great. So if you have a room that's solitary, it doesn't really have, it's not connected to another, you know, wall where someone else has a lot of space where they're moving around, then yes, that would be perfect. Um, but yeah, blankets blankets are a huge help when you don't have, you know, the, the foam, because it, it does get quite pricey, you know, buying uh, all of these does. foam materials. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you your roof does sound, um, does look really high end. So Thank you. I was Thank just, you. I was just thinking, oh boy, I wonder how many thousands that costs. So. Oh no, yeah. I, I'm so lucky. Like I really, I know that a lot of people don't have the access to, to what I did. So, um, but you don't need it. I didn't start off with this, you know, I, I wanted the best possible quality and it was something that I was willing to, to um, go above and beyond for us because I really want to do this full time. Um. I just, you know, I made it happen. I think that's also super important. If you can think yeah. of ways to do something, like go for it. And yeah, I had the access to it. That's exactly what I did with this podcast. Because I thought when I was first looking into it, um, I signed up to this one mailing list, which like with just some easy tips mm-hmm. for how to get started. And one of the first emails said, just sign up to a podcast hosting site right now and just buy a microphone it will help you commit to it yeah and if you don't do it right now you would just keep pushing it off and i thought damn this is so true i, w- I would just keep pushing it off so i actually bought a microphone right then and there and i signed up to bus bright and now 74 episodes later we're here so. oh my goodness it's amazing <laughs> yeah you just gotta start um I, i the only regret that i have is not starting sooner as cliche as that sounds um yeah you just for anybody that's like on the fence about doing something like this it's a lot scarier in your head than it actually is to just do it. Yeah, um, always is. Yeah, yeah. Just rip that Band-Aid off, buy yourself a microphone, get in your closet and start putting out <laughs> auditions. It's the best thing I did. And it's not often that you advise people to get in the closet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you've mentioned that you use Audacity, um, yeah. same as I do for the podcast. So how exactly does the sound editing work? So... 
say if you're in there and you suddenly hear something in the background that isn't supposed to be there, how can you go back in and fix that? Because from what I've heard, sound editing is actually really annoying and takes roughly three times as long as recording the chapters itself. It truly does. Um, oh. <laughs> if, if I had to be honest, the first thing I do with any recording is in the very beginning, I sit with an empty, silent, like 10 seconds worth of sound without anything. Um, no talking, just as quiet as I can get it. And then I copy paste over the thing that's not supposed to be there. Um, oh. that's, and it works out so well for me as opposed to going back in and messing with the limiter and the noise reduction. Cause if you do that, and again, I'm not the most tech savvy person. So this is just the way that it works easiest for me. If you start messing with those levels, it can affect the way that other, other things sound. And I don't necessarily want to mess with the way that my voice sounds or, you know, the amplification or. Um, those aspects. So that's the easiest way for me. I will record a silent spot in the very beginning and I will copy paste over whatever's not supposed to be there. Oh, see, I was just thinking though, wouldn't that then also do something to your voice in that bit? Oh, you're talking about uh, like if there's a noise in the background while I'm speaking? Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll do a takeover. Um, I have, let's see, I have this. This is... Um, just a dog trainer clicker. I don't know if it's going to oh. sound too loud. No? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this spikes on the recording, and it shows a great section of what's uh, of th this noise. So I can always go back. So let's say I, I the Writing Sparrow E75 chat with, and that's, oops, I said that wrong. Or there's something in the back where it's like, the Writing Sparrow E7, and there's something in the background. I'll just, and then say the line again, and I can see that on my recording, and I can oh. go back to it, and I actually found this little hack from uh, Natasha Marquez. She's also another voice actor. Um, she she has her Instagram and YouTube page, and she put this little um, hack or trick out there, and I've used it, and it really, really does help. As far as like getting rid of any noise on the, on the background of it, I have no idea. I'll just re-record that line. <laughs> it's easier for me. Yeah, I mean, one thing that Audacity does make really easy is you can literally just select any part of the recording and just delete it. Yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, if you did just have to read it again, then that would make it quite easy because you can just delete the bit before the click. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and with the click, obviously, because we don't want that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it oh. makes it it makes it really easy. Because uh, you can see that spike, and that's that's a signal for you. Oh, that's an error. Let me go back in. Let me delete that. And there's that continuity of because you're just reading the line, clicking, reading it again. So there's no going back and difference in um, sound space, and so it really is really easy when you have, have to try that. the <laughs> clicker. Yeah. So on actually finding work how do you go about it because obviously on on the bloodwoods trilogy i found you but mm -hmm. i imagine that you can probably browse books on acx just the same that i could browse narrators yes exactly so um you can choose a genre that you want to read um you can i, I let me give me one second here you can literally go into uh projects if i had to walk you through it um 
Let's see. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. No, you're good. <laughs> I can have a quick look as well. <laughs> Perfect. Ah, now, of course, I'm lost now. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, you can you can you can search um, for if you want an author who's only looking for a female voice. If you want to do fiction, if you want to do young adult novels, if you want to do um, you know historical fiction, I guess any anything you can absolutely look, and you can look based on price range as well. You could put, you know, you're looking for you know seventy five dollars per finished hour, and um, they'll pop up with whatever project. Uh, is available. So it makes it really easy. Um, I only put in auditions for things that I would be interested in reading because I find that those sound best. And that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it makes it really, really easy. I love it. All right. So do you, do you spend a lot of time just browsing and looking for projects or do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, right now, no, just cause I'm, I'm currently working on, on projects your project so it, I don't have the time to start anything new um, but when I didn't have anything going on you put out 10 15 auditions you know per day if you have the time um, kind of like querying I imagine <laughs> it's I'm sorry Kind of like querying, I imagine, like yeah. when you're trying to get an agent and a traditional publishing deal. I imagine it's kind of like that. So you just yeah. put out all of the auditions and hope that something sticks. Yeah. And, you know, even for things that you wouldn't normally think would be for you um, and you find interest in, you never know. Um, poem books are out there and they're really popular. And I didn't think that it would work well for me. I haven't gotten one, but I find that I'm, I really enjoy reading those poem books. So like a collection of poems. It's great. So one thing that I've wondered ever since I first heard about it some quite some time ago is how tiring is it to narrate all these chapters? Because I think I heard that um, it can be quite tempting to like just book out a, a booth for like a whole day. But chances are that if you actually try to read something for so many hours at a time, you'll be absolutely exhausted afterwards. It's tough for me. Um, to, to record for that long because your voice does get tired. Yeah. Um, especially having to fluctuate in different characters. So you're going down an octave, you're going up an octave. Yeah, we're getting to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it does get tiring, especially just like um, speaking for so long. You know, you you don't want to say anything after a while. <laughs> you might get tired. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult. And, and, I find that recording booths are quite expensive. Mm. Um, so you're kind of having to to do the math as far as like how much time you're putting into this and money that you're putting into it versus what you're going to be re getting back. Um, and I don't like taking risks like that because I do get paid off royalties. Um, mm. So it's it's not for me, but I well, find that, yeah. I mean, I can see your own booth at home anyway. It doesn't look like you would need to hire one. So. <laughs> not not me per in particular, but before I had this, I definitely looked into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think you probably would start by looking at, I don't know, like recording booths in my area. But mm -hmm. Yeah, you <laughs> and, Google report recording booths in your area. You call them, ask what the rates are. Um, mm -hmm. They usually do have an hourly rate versus like a full day's rate. Um, and they do actually have like a, a, a sound uh, operator as well to help you through um, what it sounds like. Oh, cool. um, 
yeah, and I think you have the option of using them or not using them, and I think it does vary in price as well. Um, so if that's if that's something that would work for you, definitely look into it. Um, but there's always be, a closet, or there's always <laughs> a closet. Honestly, that's my first recommendation right there. Start in your closet. <laughs> Everybody does. So interesting. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, <laughs> there isn't, no, it's good. There isn't a lot of space in our closet or my wardrobe, but it'd be interesting just to see how it feels comfort level wise. Comfort is another story. <laughs> well, yeah. <but laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, talking about accents and doing voices. Um, mm-hmm. While I was listening to chapter five earlier, uh, you, you know, you, you do a different accent for for you than just for the um, spoken descriptive bits, and a different one for Ichiro. You do another one for Kay, and then mm-hmm. Azar has now come in, and she's got a different accent. Yes, yeah. And it it sounds really smooth on my end, like the way that you just go from character to character. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, how exactly do you do that? Do you, do you ever get confused while you're reading, and then suddenly realize that actually? You just read Ichiro, but in Yiwa's voice. Yes, it happens. Um, that's where the clicker comes in fantastic. Because um, you, you just you click and you, you re-record. But it does it does get quite challenging because I don't stop um, my recording. I kind of just go from Yiwa's accent to, you know, Zaha's accent. And you just kind of have to remember where you are. Um, <laughs> um and it's, it's challenging, but after a while, you kind of get used to it, and it, mm-hmm. it works a little bit easier. Um, so it's just something you kind of have to settle into. It's probably um, like any new skill, I imagine, in that regard. Yeah. Like, once you start doing it, you probably just get used to it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there's some really funny videos. I, I'm a couch potato, you know, so I <laughs> watch too. a lot of TV. <laughs> I watch yes. a lot of YouTube. Um, so I, I do... I've seen those behind the scenes with Seth MacFarlane when he's recording for <laughs> Family Guy and he's just like interchanging between That is so impressive. Yes, yeah, he on the spot like on the spot he will change like in the, in the middle of a sentence. It's really a skill that you have to kind of practice. <laughs> um but after a while you just you nestle into it and it works. So <laughs> And then there are the accents. I yes. mean, you can't pos- I don't imagine that anyone starts um, narration and just instantly has all of the accents down so how would you pick up a new accent um well uh you do a lot of scouting for what you think that accent would sound like so for Azar, i didn't know how to do a greek accent so i went on youtube and googled greek accent and kind of listened to it as much as possible um and it's easier when you're narrating for a book that's the accent is it can be ambiguous with it because it's not real and it's made up. But um, you just have to listen to it as much as possible. I think that's why people from England and people from Britain, it, it's easier for you guys to do an American accent versus an American do a British accent or an English accent. We do because, have it everywhere on TV yeah, and in cinema and it's everywhere. Exposure is like the biggest thing when you're doing an accent. Um you just listen to it and you pick up on it and the easier it is to for it to actually come out of your mouth so that's just listen to it over and over again i think it's good to start there sometimes you can't do an accent i can't do australian i for the life of me it doesn't matter how much i listen to it i cannot do australian it's so difficult so don't beat yourself up over it if you can't do an accent reach out to your author and say i tried really hard but i think it'll it'll be a detriment to the book if i try to do it with a terrible accent I mean, um, the last thing that I would want to do is cause a diplomatic incident. So. 
<laughs> you so don't want that. I think it's best if I just don't go anywhere near your accent. Yeah. No. I don't think I'd be any good at them. But I remember when I was younger and I was living in Germany with my parents, I, I did a Bavarian accent. And I know my parents really hated the Bavarian accent. And I didn't think I'd be any good at it. And then I just kind of fell into it. And then I actually struggled to stop doing the accents. <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, my God, stop. It's horrible. No, I can relate there. I can totally relate there because I just do a, like a B accent randomly now at home. And my boyfriend's like, God, goodness. you wish. Like, <laughs> I mean, now I can't even remember what that sounds like, so... A B- yes. Oh, Bavarian. I don't even, yeah. I don't even, I didn't think, I didn't know that was a thing. I, I did yeah. schooling in Florida, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then in, in Britain, we have so many accents in the UK. I've seen something about yes. you can't swing a cat without hitting another accent. Yeah, so no, you do. I Yeah, I probably, it's not the best B accent you've ever heard, but <laughs> I think it passes. I'm sure other people will be like, that's not, that's not B-E, that's cloaking. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think it sounds great anyway. So no, I, I, don't, I, I have no problems with my book, and as a Greek Russian, <laughs> you'll never, you'll never get Greek Russian out of your head now when you're listening. To no, that, damn it, that would be stuck now. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> She'll be in it so much too. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Well, know, if it works, it works, right? Yeah, <laughs> but that's probably a massive benefit to doing an epic fantasy where the yeah. countries are made up, so you know that the accents aren't as important. Exactly. But I imagine if you did like an urban fantasy and you have like lots of different British accents in there, mm-hmm. for example, then that would then that could become really difficult, and it especially is, because. Yes. If it's actually set in that country and the people are generally supposed to have those accents, then you know that there is no room for error. Right. Yeah, that makes it that makes it hard. But, you know, practice makes perfect, I guess. And um, I think the author knows what they're signing up for. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because you have to do an audition. So um, yes. I think your mind is your worst enemy. Like I'm my biggest critic. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've pre-recorded a chapter that I think sounds wrong. And then somebody else listens to it and they're like, hey, it sounds, it sounds fine. I'm like, yeah, we, we've like, done that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I just um, don't get too hung up on it, I guess. Take away one. Just talk to your author if you're not sure. And, exactly. Yes. And take away two. If you're the author wanting to find a narrator, when you upload your audition script and you do have a lot of different accents, just make so- sure that you have as many of those voices in your audition script maybe yes. as you can so that you yeah. can really get to feel from the narrator as to whether they can actually pull this off or not and then you won't have any bad surprises later and you know mm-hmm. right away <laughs> yes exactly i agree and we also had a question from dana on find a way so i know that she's done lots of different approaches for audiobook production i've talked to her on this podcast about the same thing if you haven't listened to it just just Google audiobook. Um, but when I say Google, I mean just search the podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah, just search audiobook and you'll probably find it. It was a little while ago. But mm-hmm. anyway, Dana is asking, what's something you wish other people realized or understood about your job? It's such a great question. It is such a great question. There's so much that goes into it. Um, the number one thing. Sorry. There is so much that goes into it. It's... That's, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It just takes a lot of time. Um, 
it's not like you're reading through a chapter in its entirety. You have to stop so many times, um, especially in a chapter that's 26 pages long. Sorry about that. Oh, no. <laughs> no. And I've, I've read plenty of chapters that are that long. It, it can get quite difficult. Um, so I feel like there's always going to be that little bit of she sounds great in the beginning of the chapter, and then by the end, it gets a little flat. Um, it's so hard to keep the same energy when mm. you start a chapter that, that that's that long in particular. Um, or in the, in the same respect, you're doing so many chapters in one day back to back um, that it might vary in, in, in what the chapters sound like. I mean, the goal is not to have it sound like that. The goal is to have it be the same level of energy throughout the entirety of the book. I can't help but find myself thinking, oh, the end of that chapter sounds worse than the beginning of that chapter did. I don't know. There's so many little things um, that I hope as a reader or as a listener, you're not um, saying, well, that accent's terrible or it sounds different than it did in the beginning. Or I think that that's a really hard part of what we do is the continuity of it all. It does take a lot of effort. Um and skill and talent, I guess, toot toot, um, <laughs> to do what we do. Um, yeah, see, yeah. I hadn't even considered that. Um, so that's that's a really interesting point, and I, I hope that it's answered Dana's question. I think yeah. it probably has. So, yeah, that, that's crossed. really that's a really interesting consideration. So, mm -hmm. hopefully, yeah. our authors listening who want to work with a narrator will bear this in mind. <laughs> yes, yeah. Hopefully, it didn't uh, make that sound worse <laughs> than it was. <laughs> And one last thing to finish on, um, if you could give advice to someone maybe wanting to get into audiobook narration, um, anything that they can do right now to get started, what would it be? Um, just buy that microphone that's $50 on Amazon. Just buy it and get yourself in the closet, put out some, some recordings during the weekend. You know, when everybody's asleep in your house, go into your closet and start recording. Um, I really wish I had started sooner because um, I really do love it. I really do. Um, and if you want to be able to let out your creativity in an outlet that you find enjoyable, this is the perfect one. Um, so just just do it. I can't help but think of Shia LaBeouf in that one <laughs> meme. Just do it. <laughs> That's there you go. Yeah. Well, on that encouraging note, I say this is the end of the official episode. I'm sorry we've run a little bit longer today than I intended. I hope you all found it very worthwhile to listen to anyway. So, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for listening, everybody. Don't go anywhere just yet, Adrian. We will continue to chat over on Patreon. I've got quite a few notes. Perfect. So we both hope that you've learned a lot from today and that you may be feeling inspired to get into narration yourself or find a narrator for your own audiobook. Absolutely. And, and if you did feel inspired or learned a lot, it'd be a really big help if you could rate or even review this podcast because that helps other writers like yourself find the show. Oh, and by the way, on this note, we've just hit 3,000 downloads last weekend. Ooh. I can't believe I didn't mention that sooner. So. <laughs> So thank you so much. Thank you. So thank you so much to everyone who's been tuning in. It's really exciting. I can't believe we managed to get to 3,000. It's really thrilling. And I know many of you will be repeat listeners, which is also really, really great. So thank you so much for being here. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode as well. 
and you can catch up with Adrian and myself on social media. Both of our links will be in the show notes as always. So keep writing Sparrow and remember that you only fail when you stop learning and trying. Have a great week everybody. Bye bye. Bye guys. Thank you.